Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. I'm Jonathan. I'm Emily. And joining us this week is Eric Benson. Hello. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, you have picked an auspicious time for this because we have been searching and searching through the deserted island of our game collection for a little something called Robinson Crusoe. We've been promising this game for quite a while, and we finally recovered it. Robinson Crusoe's Return to Civilization, and we're going to focus the game spotlight on it this week. Have you guys played Robinson Crusoe before? Yep. Yes. Thoughts? I liked it. General it was hard. It was so hard. I mean, the, the tagline of this game is Robinson Crusoe Adventures on the Cursed Island. Oh, this island is it's cursed. It's so cursed. It's seriously cursed. But I liked it. I don't know. Yeah, no, I did too. It was, um, yeah, I, I liked the complexity of it. It was, it was very cooperative. There was a lot of, okay, what are we going to do? It wasn't just, I think you should move to this part of the Forbidden Island and get a treasure. But instead, it was much more, okay, <laughs> I don't want to do this part alone. I think you should go there. We should do this. And it was very... There's a lot of coordination, a lot of helping each other to mm-hmm. do things, which is only appropriate because, all right, obviously, this game takes place on a desert island. No. Um, you sure? <laughs> and um, obviously, there are dangers to deal with, whether it's the elements, starvation, exposure... Um, or ghosts, other dangers. There, right? there, there might be ghosts. There might be um, really, really insensitively portrayed cannibal natives. Um, there might be uh, just a, a ticking clock as far as you have to put that signal fire up and get it ready before the winter comes or else you're going to be trapped here forever. Or the challenge might just be there is no way to escape and you have to make your life here and not hate it. The Swiss Family Robinson scenario. Yeah. That's really cool. So, yeah, the, mentioning scenarios is important, too, because this isn't just one game. There are half a dozen different scenarios included with this. So half a dozen different games you can play on this deserted island. So it feels kind of like a desert island simulator. They're so different. Mm-hmm. They're so incredibly different. They really play differently. So the, uh, the first one you do is called Castaways. And I think that might even be my favorite one. So I've only played the first two. I mm-hmm. played Castaways and then Cursed, Cursed Island. island. Mm-hmm. And I lost castaways over and over uh but we actually succeeded at setting up enough um little crosses on our island to drive off the ghosts in the second one so i'm a bit partial to that one because i like to win we were sort of the opposite in our experience we, we it took us about three or four plays to beat castaways but the first time we played cursed island it just absolutely schooled us those ghosts were angry and they just kept sapping our will to live and to go on turn after turn. I think in the end we did manage to actually technically beat the scenario, but even though we had exercised the ghosts, there was no way that anybody survived that. So the hope is that our priestly characters were off to the pearly gates to claim their final rewards uh, and in the aftermath of that. Uh, did you have a favorite scenario, Eric? Um, I only played the first one. Mm. Um, I kind of glanced through the other ones. And they look they look very interesting. I'd like to try them, but mm-hmm. the first one I really enjoyed. Like as a as a scenario, it was I felt it was complete. I felt kind of I felt satisfied at the end, especially since we you know won. <laughs> um, you yeah, feel, you feel like it could be a complete game in and of itself, just that. Yeah, I think a short one. Um, I think yes, although with with some um, expanding of it, like sure. you know that okay, so you've got all the wood and you've got the fire, and that's great. Okay, so next. <laughs> Yo, know, in the next season, you're going to drift towards this. 
what I like about the different scenarios here is that unlike a lot of other games that have that that kind of operate this way that have like five separate scenarios that you're working with you only in those games you sometimes you only really get one play because once you've gone through and succeeded then the solution is obvious to you Mm. but this one there's still so many moving parts there is no like single solution to every scenario there's a lot of variation from one play to the next and and you know, you were saying that the that the um, the castaways is your favorite scenario, and you know you you've played all of them, right? You've played through yep. the whole thing, um, and you could replay it. And Absolutely. Sometimes lose and sometimes win. With I, I could play castaways joy. over and over again um, because the the way this deck of event cards throws different problems at you from one game to the next. There's this great big thick deck of event cards all of which produce these really interesting little stories of things that are happening on the island and here's something you have to deal with and if you don't, then that's going to cause problems. Like there, there's, there's, there's some wild beasts that have arrived on the island uh, or maybe, they're, maybe they were already here but they've got your scent now. So you have to start sending out hunting parties soon to deal with them or else they're going to overrun your camp. And uh, Or there's some stuff that's washed ashore and... It could provide you with an opportunity to get some wood or some desperately needed things if you take the trouble to go out and collect it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, it's going to wash back out to sea and morale will suffer as uh, your people wash your, watch your only hope drift back out into sea. Um, yeah, I, if I may, I think like there's... And it's neat that the cards have... You know, the are two parts at the top and bottom, so you don't have to necessarily see what they're going to do, mm-hmm. right? Like, there is one card we came across that was, you find an old skeleton clutching a book. Do you take the book? I'm like, yeah, let's take the book. Great, shuffle this card into the event deck. Like, <laughs> okay. And then at some point in the future, it's like, you finally read that book. And here's what it tells you. <laughs> and everyone gets depressed. The designer <laughs> of, uh, of Robinson Crusoe, Ignacy Trevicek, um, the, uh, the the head honcho behind Portal Games, a Polish game publisher, has a real interest in the way that games can create different can create, can create narrative in different ways. Mm-hmm. We actually did an interview with him last season mm-hmm. on the Snakes Cast. A great interview. Ignacy's a really cool guy. Please do listen to the interview if you get the chance. And that trick that they use with the adventures that you have uh, whenever you go to do something whenever you try to go to gather things or craft things or explore the island there's a possibility you may have an adventure the word is adventure it probably should be something that sounds a little bit less positive yeah because adventures <laughs> typically involve an adventure the way that oh boy is a real adventure uh, yeah. driving out uh, in the snow today and and what it does what it introduces narrative wise is foreshadowing Something which is really, really hard to do. Like we mm-hmm. talked about the skeleton clutching the book. Um, the, often these adventures will give you a chance to do something, but if you do, you shuffle it into the event deck, which means there's a very good chance it will come back again mm-hmm. at some later time. Like an event, an adventure might be you see storm clouds gathering. Shuffle this into the deck, and you know that at some later time that storm may hit. Mm-hmm. And if you're not ready, if your palisade isn't very solidly built, your shelter could be blown to pieces. Something else that I found really interesting, like we're talking about how it, it does a good job of building a narrative, is unlike a lot of co-op games where I find that sometimes it just feels like things are just happening to you. You know, like, you know, you're playing Pandemic, you do your actions, and then you flip these cards no matter what you've done, and it's the same stuff. You're just kind of oh like... Oh no, Cartoon ex- had another outbreak. You're, you're experiencing these terrible events that are happening to you. <laughs> in, in Robinson Crusoe, it really feels like all of the bad stuff happening to you is 
con- there are consequences of your choices because there are so many choices you can make and and the bad stuff happens based on these choices you make you know you do this or you do that and there is a bad thing that will happen if you do this and there is a bad thing that happened that when you do that and you have to sit there and you have to stare at the board for a minute and you have to decide what you want to do it's much more in- involved that way you really feel like you're yeah, like like part of the story. You like really have agency. Mm-hmm. Like when you're going to either craft something or explore the island to reveal more stuff or to uh, or to gather food or wood or what have you, you always have a choice. You can place one of your precious tokens on that, and that means you have to roll the dice to see if it works or not. Or if you can get a friend to help you do it, then you will automatically succeed. And having doing having having each of you do one separate thing without help, you're both going to have to roll the dice more than half the time. It'll work out largely okay. I mean, one of you might succeed, one of you might fail. Mm-hmm. But at least one of those things is going to work out okay. Probably. <laughs> it's just that when you really need something to not fail, you need to decide, okay, are we going to team up on this and make sure that we have that knife built out of the flint that we found in these mountains over here? Um, because if we don't, then we're not going to be able to hunt next turn and we're starting to run out of food. That sense of do we team up on something mm-hmm. or do we spread our, our, uh, our efforts is is huge and so even when those dice do mess you up you chose to roll them mm-hmm, exactly exactly like you said you, you, that that agency is there you can you can gamble or you can play it safe if you play it safe all the time then there, you're not going to be able to get everything done but if you gamble all the time then that one time when something you really needed to come through doesn't you're in trouble yeah i think that like one of the things that's nice about it is the limitation on what you're able to do mm-hmm. It came to mind because I was thinking about shuffling things into the deck, right? You might not see it. Like, there's <laughs> going to be, there are more cards than there are turns. Mm-hmm. So, like, you hear a howling off in the distance, shuffle this into the deck, and then the game hits. Maybe, sure. Right? And so it's kind of neat, but, like, there's that, that um, there's something lurking. Not just the wild beast, but, like, there are these cards you know are lurking and waiting for you. And you may come across them, and maybe not. That's kind of a, a good reason to play again, right? But also the thing that I felt uh, that I was almost annoyed with, but not actually, was the l- little amount of things that you could do every turn. You it's know? true. It's like, okay, we can. I want to explore the island. I want to make things, and I want to go look at stuff, and I want to get some food, and I want to do all these things. It's like, cool, you can do one. Oh, or two. Maybe two. You can do two. one for sure, <laughs> or you can roll the <laughs> dice on two of them. Yeah, exactly. And in some ways, thematically, that fits really well, because like, you can sense the pressure all the characters are under. And uh, you can get a little bit of help. Like If you play this game with two players, you have a sort of a, 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 a third player uh, who, sh- who just shows up to help you. Friday mm-hmm. is just there to help. Um, if you play with three players, then you get a dog. And the dog is quite limited in terms of what they can do. But uh, with four players, you're on your own. So you always have at least a few things that you can do. But they're never enough. Mm-hmm. There's always more stuff that needs doing mm-hmm. than you're able to do for sure. And that those 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 questions, those decisions, where do we focus our efforts, really lead to, as you're saying, the, that kind of teamwork and discussion. Mm-hmm. What should our priority be? Because we make those decisions all at once. It's not like a worker placement game, like most worker placement games mm-hmm. at least, where I take a turn and place a piece, you take a turn and place a piece. We all sort of simultaneously decide what we're going to do. And then collectively we see how that turns out. A bit like time stories, I think, you know, like mm-hmm. going time into a scene and everyone going, okay, I'll talk to the cook. Okay, cool. I'm going to go look what's in the closet and I'll do this. Okay, ready? Time stories does yeah. owe a bit of its design to Robinson Crusoe mm-hmm. for sure. 
Okay, uh, I think that's enough of an introduction for now. Have we covered it, basically? Yeah. So uh, let's get into it on, in more depth on Wednesday. We'll talk about uh, how those dice work. We'll talk about how, um, how the scenarios differ from one to the other. We'll talk about... We'll get into it in more depth. See you then. Thank you.